all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, and you're listening to the original Southern Remedy, where the doctors are always in. Uh, I have a special guest, but it's wide open for any questions that you want to ask today. We'll take anything on any topic, as always, but I've got somebody you want to hear from, and that's Dr. Bob McGuire, a back specialist. Oh, it hurts down there. Uh, And he has been a a back surgeon at UMC for many years and knows just about everything there is about what can be wrong with your back. So give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. 1-877-672-7464 one 672 or send us an email at southernremedy at mpbonline.org. We're going to be right back after the news for anything you want to talk about on Open Mic on Southern Remedy. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. The Obama administration is confirming more U.S. casualties in Afghanistan. NPR's Philip Reeves says two Americans were killed and several people were wounded in an attack in the capital, Kabul. One of the dead was an American service member, the other a U.S. civilian. Three Americans, two of whom are civilians, were also wounded. A statement from the U.S. military in Afghanistan says the attack happened near a military base in Kabul and that an investigation has been launched to find out what happened. It said the attack was by what it called an unknown assailant who was later killed. News reports from Kabul describe the attacker as a gunman wearing an Afghan army uniform. Afghan soldiers have opened fire on American and international forces on a number of previous occasions, although it's not yet confirmed this is what happened in this case. This attack comes during a turbulent time in Afghanistan, where the Taliban's been battling with government forces for control of key cities in the north and south. Philip Reeves, NPR News. The Russian military says its troops and allied Syrian forces will refrain from airstrikes on Aleppo for now. This coming a day before, a temporary truce is supposed to take effect to allow for the delivery of humanitarian aid to Syrian civilians who've been unable to escape the bombardment. The U.S. presidential candidates spar tonight in Las Vegas for the third and final debate before the November election. NPR's Tamara Keith says members of the audience have figured prominently in the Democratic and Republican campaigns. Donald Trump invited women who had accused President Bill Clinton of sexual misconduct to the last debate. This time, his campaign has invited Pat Smith, the mother of a State Department employee killed in Benghazi. For her part, Clinton's campaign confirms Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban and Hewlett-Packard CEO Meg Whitman will attend. Ryan Moore will also be there. He was just featured in a Clinton campaign video about his family's long friendship with Clinton. She looks at me the way I always wanted to be looked at by everyone. Moore met Clinton when she was first lady, and he was a young boy suffering from health problems, and they've stayed in touch over the years. Tamara Keith, NPR News, Las Vegas. 
The European Space Agency has lost contact with a lander it sent to the surface of Mars. NPR's Jeff Brumfield has the latest. Researchers were using a giant radio telescope in India to track the landing. They saw the lander come in through the Martian atmosphere. It deployed its parachute, and then just moments before it was supposed to set down on the surface, they lost contact. Now, they also have a space probe orbiting Mars that was watching the landing, and we should know more soon. That's NPR's Jeff Brumfield reporting. At last check on Wall Street, the Dow was up 63 points at 18,225. S&P's up 5 at 2144. NASDAQ is off a fraction. This is NPR. The 21 Chibok schoolgirls released last week by Boko Haram Islamist militants have met the leader of Nigeria. President Muhammadu Buhari says the girls will be reintegrated into society as quickly as possible. He also said he would redouble efforts to win the release of the remaining missing schoolgirls who are among the hundreds to be abducted from their school in Chibok in 2014. His government has been accused by critics worldwide of being too slow to act. In Israel, protests broke out last night at a concert by a famous rapper from Israel's large Arab minority. Lauren Frey reports from Jerusalem. This is part of an ongoing controversy in Israel about censorship and artistic freedom. I am not political, rapper Tamer Nafar sang as he took the stage in northern Israel. Thousands in the audience cheered, but a few dozen right-wing protesters waved Israeli flags and booed him. The Israeli culture minister had publicly urged organizers to drop Nafar from the concert program because of his lyrics. One song says Israel raped the Arab soul and that the resulting child is terrorism. Nafar accuses Israel of trying to limit his artistic freedom. Israel's president says he's glad the concert went on and that people should hear rival points of view. Lauren Freyer, NPR News, Jerusalem. Residents in northeastern Philippines are bracing for what forecasters describe as a super typhoon. Meteorologists say Typhoon Haima was generating 140 mile per hour winds as it passed over the Philippine Sea. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Constant Contact. With email marketing features like drag-and-drop editing and mobile-friendly templates, Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits become marketers. Learn more at ConstantContact.com. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring that's one 672 7464 You can always email your comments and questions to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Hey, welcome to this week's Southern Remedy, All Things Considered. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, here with my colleague and friend... Uh, of many ages, Dr. Bob McGuire, who is a um, back surgeon, orthopedic back surgeon, and for many years was the chair of the Department of Orthopedics at UMC, and he is the go-to person for people with back problems, been been that way for a long time. Good to have you with us, Bob. Good to be here, Rick. This is Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics at UMC, and we are answering all questions 
But uh, it's great to have a back surgeon here because uh, this is always something that comes up. And I know uh, we it's one of the most popular areas to uh, want to know sophisticated questions about things that I don't know about, including the most uh, appropriate uh, surgical techniques. I do know that back surgery is the last thing you want to have when you have back pain. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, it's a common thing. We all have back pain. I mean, if you look at the statistics, uh, 80% of the population at some point in time is going to have a problem with their back. Fortunately, most of these are self-limiting. You know, you work a little bit too much in the yard and, uh, uh, overstretch your muscles and things of that nature. And usually three or four days, a little bit of Tylenol, a little bit of heat, a little bit of ice pretty much takes care of it. Problems that you get into are if, uh, you know, as we age, our, uh, uh, as you know, we become less supple. Uh, the tissues in the back will... Uh, everything goes kinda, south. Everything kind of goes south, and mm. we get shorter, you know. So part of that's because we uh losing that water and that nice jelly between those vertebral bodies, and uh, that's when the problems can occur if you happen to herniate a disc or get a little bit of stenosis. So just to set up, the, uh, set up the anatomy here, and by the way, uh, we're, we have lines open at one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four on Southern Remedy. We're going to Tupelo in Janice just a minute, and we'll go to your house if you give us a call. We also take your emails on Southern Remedy at mpbonline.org. Those of you sent in emails uh, last week, I finished those last night late, and you will be getting those later today. Uh, so we try to get them all wrapped up within a week, and uh, we are most happy to have your emails. So that's one eight seven seven mpb ring So um, I guess the best way for people who are not familiar uh, with the way the back works is talk about chicken necks. That's that's everybody's seen a chicken neck with all those bones stacked up and those little uh, tiddlywinks in between them. How do you usually explain to people uh, what the components of the back are that go go awry? Well, we've uh, we, we've gotten a little bit more sophisticated than just chicken necks. I like uh, chicken necks. You know, chicken necks are not bad if you cook them just right. That's right. right. So that's that's uh, right. <laughs> but the uh, the we've got our models, and the models uh, are really anatomically correct. And so, what I like to do, and I'm seeing patients in the clinic, is I get the the, the plastic model out, and uh, you've got the the bones, and then you've got the cushions in between that, and then we've even gotten to the point now that we've got an old model and an older model so you can actually see the trend you know the the what transpires in the aging process with these things how the the disc will collapse and uh, as that disc collapses the body really doesn't like that extra motion that's there so it starts adding bone down and that's where you get these bone spurs or the osteophytes and those osteophytes actually stabilize the uh the back so if you remember seeing Grandpa walk around, you know he kind of walked over, stooped over, and but he really didn't hurt a whole lot. And that's really what you uh, what the 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 progression of the aging process. So takes with place. the osteoarthritis from the disc disease, uh, your ba- uh, your back sort of freezes up and doesn't wiggle and doesn't hurt anymore unless it, you get one of those nerves caught. Is Absolutely, that that's exactly what happens. All right, well let's go to Tupelo and Janice, and we'll go to your house if you give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. Hey Janice. Yes, I'm calling. In 2013, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. What kind? I had, I had the surgery to remove the thyroid, and I've been on the Synthroid since then. But every year, the doctor has a concern about my thyroglobin level. 
uh, they say it's to a level where they want to do a full body scan. And every year I've had a full body scan, and they've come back negative. How does your thyroglobin level stay elevated to where the doctor is concerned about it if you don't have any cancer, thyroid cancer in your body? Okay, so what did you have? Um, did, what kind? Do you know the type I of had, thyroid? Yes, I had I had papillary. Okay, good. Well, that's that's one of the not not awful ones. Um, right. The one the one that separated out from all the other is medullary, which has a lot of other things going on with it, and usually with that particular one, uh, they they are cured by the surgery, but what happens is the entire thyroid gland frequently has to be removed. So anything that the thyroid gland usually makes should be absent in your blood, except the part that you, uh, that you make. And, uh, there are certain, uh, proteins that are made by the thyroid gland that you don't replace. And some of those are the proteins that carry the thyroid hormone. So what they're doing is they're looking for production of uh, thyroid-derived chemicals uh, that shouldn't be there because your thyroid's out. So if it's not coming from your uh, thyroid, it would be coming from what's left over your thyroid cancer. And so it's one of the many ways that we monitor people after surgery who've had uh, solid tumors removed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the, the, there are a lot of different factors. Uh, there are some of these hormones that are actually made by other tissues. And okay. uh, I don't know exactly which one uh, thyroglobulin is, is, is one of those, but the, those, there's a whole globulin fraction of other globulins that can get mixed up in some of those assays. So I don't know what uh, particular one they're doing. But uh, but I think what you need to do is you need to ask your doctor to give you some literature uh, on this. And if you will send me an email, I will send you a patient information sheet on this topic okay. where you'll have a little bit more uh, information. It's just uh, southernremedympbonline.org. I'll send okay. you some more stuff. But that's a general concept. They're looking for evidence that the tumor is still around or recurring and Mm -hmm. seeing if any proteins are made that uh, should not be there because the thyroid was taken out. Is that helpful? Yes, it does. Uh, The only other thing I have is is would would the thyroglobin level be a concern if something wasn't there? That's the the key. In other words, if my level is such where the doctor wants to do a full body scan, but they don't find anything, then, you know. Okay. Well, uh, is is there another reason? For the thyroglobin level to be high, Rick. One of the things let's uh, you know kind of touch is uh, when you start looking at uh, the the process of the metastatic component is, is what we're really looking at, and that's I think part of the reason uh, you know uh, the full body scan is being done is uh, there is concern for uh, is that going elsewhere, and you know thyroid can go to the bone. And so that's probably uh, the reason that your uh, your your docs are looking at uh, doing a full body type stuff, just to make sure that that's uh, that that's not occurring. The fact that it's always negative is a good sign, uh, but that's uh, that's why they're recommending the full body scan because the thyroid can sometimes go to the. Uh, it's rare, but it can go to bone like that. All right, all right. Janice will be happy to send you some more information about that. But basically, that's all good news. Let's go to Chris in Mobile, Chris. Looks like you got a back question. 
or point? Uh, well, I, yes, sir. My name's Chris. Mobile, great show, and I appreciate it, Doctor. I'm, I'm, um, I'm glad to get to talk to you. I started in in early 2015, January, in fact, trying to get something done because we had finally gotten some insurance. I'd been self-employed all of my career, and I didn't have insurance. I finally got insurance. So I started trying, and it, to, to try to make the long story short. By December the 28th, I finally got back surgery. Had to go through all the loopholes they put you through before the insurance would even cover any of that stuff. And it included going to pain management, who swore up and down they were going to keep me. You know, I was never going to be any better. They were just going to have to kill it with pills. And I said, no, I'm not living on pills the rest of my life. And they sent me to uh, uh, therapy, which just really made it worse because I had sciatica so bad. And my leg, and my right leg. Um, but anyway, after the surgery, I had my surgery done by a neurologist. And um, he fused L1 to S1. And, uh, and it is absolutely completely just cured me. That's fantastic. I, mean, I have no more sciatica. I have no more problem with that. I am, of course, a little stiffer now mm-hmm. than I used to be, but not as bad as I thought it would be. But my question is, uh, I had always heard people say, and, and, and nothing against you. Please don't take this the wrong way. The Farrell said, don't go to an orthopedic surgeon for back surgery because that is a neurologist job. And so my, my question is, you being an orthopedic surgeon, at what point do you, do you see a patient and you make a decision that, hey, this is beyond me. You need to see a neurologist. Gotcha. All right. So let me, let me just sort of lead into this. The person who does, there are two types of specialists who do this kind of surgery. One of them is a neurosurgeon, not a neurologist. And the other one is an orthopedic back specialist. There may be others that you can tell us if there are, I don't know anybody else. And, uh, most everybody, uh, who has complex problems with their back is referred to for neurologic testing and may see a neurologist. That is a doctor like me who doesn't operate. I'm a rheumatologist uh, and a couple other things, but rheumatology is, um, I'll play today. And, uh, so, uh, we don't operate. We try to help other people not get operated on. So, uh, that's, that's the deal. And, um, I, I, I don't want to make Bob uncomfortable. I will tell you as a rheumatologist, I have had patients seen, uh, by good neurosurgeons and good orthopedic back surgeons. And I've also had, Neurologists and back surgeons work together on the same, neurosurgeons work together on the same ones. And I think it's more about how good the person is that's doing the surgeon, the surgeon, than what the title is. Is that? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, years ago, uh, and and just to answer, uh, Chris, your your question uh, or your, your statement, uh, years ago, that used to be kind of classic. Uh, neurosurgery uh, would manage the spine, the whole thing. Uh, Orthopedics were basically bones. And over the last 20 years, the whole process of training has changed. And uh, so if you're an orthopedic spine specialist, most of the time the fellowship uh, that, or the extra training that you had uh, following a, a standard residency is, uh, is fairly specialized. And, uh, you, you know, certainly from my standpoint, I feel as comfortable wandering around nerves as I do bones. And uh, the 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 process has really changed on that. The the mechanics 
of doing the surgery are basically the same, whether you whether you're a neurosurgeon or whether you're an orthopedic surgeon. Right. And uh, so that's that's really it's just the training process. So, this is uh, one one of the areas are. you know we frequently tell people to go to see a surgeon who does a lot of them on back surgery. I don't I don't feel as strong about that. I do feel like they ought to be doing a lot of them, but not too many of them because, uh, and I know you are highly selective in who you operate on. And we want to talk about who is a candidate for back surgery. If you give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, I'll tell you, it ain't everybody and it's not most folks. And we'll try to get the surgeon to tell you how he selects who needs what when if you give us a call. So I, I want to move on and go to Phil in Gulfport. Uh, thanks, Fred. We were listing you as Chris, and I. that's why I miscalled your name. My my father-in-law's name was Fred, and I, I really like that name, so I'm glad we got it right. Uh, so, Phil, what's going on? Good morning. Um, I've been diagnosed early, with early-onset Parkinson's about eight years ago. I'm 60 years old. It's well under control. Um, since then, I've lost about... 90 pounds and now i'm having back pain i had it uh an mri and i've got um bulging or wedging i guess is what they call it uh at um t7 8 9 and uh we've tried everything i've gone to pain management they've done four epidurals nothing helped i've gone to a neurologist he said there's not a whole lot can be done um gone to physical therapy and he gave me the best explanation of what was going on i'm now having problems with c7 um and pain management's a little help because they don't want to give you enough to knock it down what what's the next step yeah i think uh you know it's one of those situations you've uh, you kind of hit that 60 year old threshold and um and you're hampered a little bit by the uh the, the parkinson's the problem with parkinson's is that uh, as that kind of progresses, it uh, it takes a lot of the proximal strength, uh, uh, you know, your musculature, it changes that. So what you're really having a lot now are the symptoms that are related to that uh, that discogenic or just the, uh, the wear and tear uh, problems. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound like that you've got gross instability, but the uh, the concern that you always have is are those segments becoming unstable, so the and cervical part's your neck, right? That's correct. So and he's the, and got the thoracic. Neck. He's got some neck problems, and it sounds like some thoracic problems with the you know the uh, the T seven and eight, and those are right around the the transition points of where you go from a a normal in curving to an out curving to another in curving, and so that's where you usually right. have the uh, the problems uh, from the uh, you know the standpoint of stability. And if you have some of the proximal weakness, which uh, which occurs unfortunately with the uh, the Parkinson's uh, component, that can uh, that can lead to a lot of the, the the complaints that you're having. That's probably what your physical therapist told you. If you've got a sound like you uh, had a good therapist, and I'm sure that's what he told you, and that's what you really have to kind of work on are those balance uh, situations that are there. But uh, what are the indications for surgery and something like the this? The indication for surgery, if you've got instability, if this uh, you know flexion extension, if you've got a lot of shifting of the of the vertebra itself, or if you have 
tremendous sagittal or, or sideways imbalance where you're pitched over. And that's one of the problems, again, that uh, is, is with the progression of the Parkinson's is if you'll notice, people can't really stand upright because of the, the weakness in the muscles. And so if you start trying to fuse in those areas, you're talking about fusing basically the whole spine. It's a real problem if you get into the surgery with these folks. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem lifting, moving, pushing, but what standing at a kitchen counter or at a workbench after five minutes. It's awful. Awful. Yeah, awful. And, uh, or sitting in an upright straight chair. Yeah, that's and the discogenic just, stuff that you're having. What yeah. about brace? And what about bracing? When, uh, you know, from the, the it, again, if you've got the instability component, that's where the braces I, come into play. I don't yeah, know that I, a brace is going to make uh, one bit of difference uh, with, they, with they, Phil. They, we tried the brace. Yeah. It would uh, pull my shoulders back, keep my posture up. And that was, became just as uncomfortable as the back pain. Absolutely. So I guess rant. the major thing then, which hasn't worked for Phil yet, is strengthening those muscles that stabilize the spine. Uh, is there anything other than just routine physical therapy that you can do to fix that problem? Not really. The, uh, the, like I said, it's, uh, what he's describing is this discogenic component to the uh to the pain. What is discogenic? Discogenic is very interesting. When you look at uh, as the aging process, he's 60 years old, so you're going to be seeing some of those changes that we were talking about with the uh, earlier with the disc. The disc sort of losing their moisture. Loses and... its moisture, and you can get these uh, these annular tears, and some of this material just kind of leaks out, and it's kind of interesting because one of the major constituents in this uh, degradation of the disc is uh, lipase A, and, uh, you know, we've always talked about having a cobra spit in your eye. You know, that's a real problem. Well, if you look at what the major constituent of cobra venom is, it's lipase A. It's an enzyme so it's that a, eats stuff. It's huh? a big-time inflammatory component. So uh, My goodness. if you get that leaking around, and the reason that sitting in one spot or standing in one spot is you have the ability to concentrate those uh, those materials. So as you move around, you're actually going to be better off moving around than you are going to be in standing in one spot. What about warm water exercise programs? They're absolutely great. I mean, the, uh, the beauty of that is it takes gravity out of place, especially if you've got some instability component. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, uh, the conditioning uh, effect that you get uh, with uh, with the water, you can really move your muscles around and not a whole lot of pain in, uh, in the back from the instability standpoint. Phil, so. that's the one thing that I have done when I get the consult back from the back surgeon, which you just got, I can't do anything for this problem, that I have used successfully and uh, gotten support from back surgeons. You just heard the amen on it is warm water pool-based exercise. Now, this is not done by your... Uh, you're just a, a, a lay person who you know helps people lose weight. It has right. to be done by a trained physical therapist with a therapeutic pool, which is heated to a special degree, and someone who knows the anatomy of the back and knows something about Parkinson's disease. So they have a uh, we in we're in Jackson are very fortunate. We have a number of these outfits. And I bet you've got one in the complex uh, that you live in down there near Gulfport. Uh, that is what I would do. And it the problem is patients think it's going to be uh, Oral Roberts. You're going to get in the pool and be healed. It doesn't work that way. You have to right. stick with it at least six months to get any benefit. So that would be my suggestion. You don't want to get hung up on dope. Uh, because, A, we're not going to do that anymore. We stopped using those opiates. And, two, it makes your Parkinson's worse. So you've got to have some kind of relief, and that is the one I would suggest. 
And if you need okay. some more information on that, send me an email, and I'll try to hook you up, okay? I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Great to hear from you. Listen, it's All Things Considered on Southern Remedy, and I'm Dr. Rick, here with my special colleague, Dr. Bob, who is a back specialist. And we are taking all calls, but you've got a chance to shoot questions to an orthopedic surgeon who has been doing back surgery for 35 years, 35 long years, and who is uh, very much like yours truly, will tell you the truth, even if you don't want to hear it. So that's the kind of guy you want to talk to that when you're talking about trouble sometimes. Stuff. Yes, it? it does. It does. Being honest will get you in trouble. Yep, yep. Let's go to uh, and we got two open lines: one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, one eight seven seven MPB ring. We want to take your question. We're here to serve you. It's our great pleasure to do so. Give us a call. Let's go to Tom and Jayus. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Did I get that right? Jayus? Yes, you got it right. Where's Thank that? Where is that? Jayus, Mississippi is right below Brookhaven. Oh, okay. G- going south. Yes. Yeah, I've been going south for many years. That's another story. <laughs> I've already gone do, by do, far do, I go. But... Do you want to get into that discussion? No, I don't, want to, I don't want to do no. that. <laughs> so what's what what's... I got is my, I'm, I'm, everybody tells me I got gout. Uh-huh. I got a right ankle that's swollen. Especially behind, above my right heel, a good bit, and it's been going on for about three months. And I can't put any weight on it. I have to near about use crushers. It gets better and then it gets worse. Is it hot, swollen, red, and tender? No, it's just swollen. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever had your big toe uh, get hot, red, swollen, or tender? No. Uh, do you have high cholesterol and high blood pressure? Yes. Uh huh. And does anybody in your family have gout? Nobody that I ever knew of. Mm-hmm. Have you had your uric acid measured? No, I haven't. No, I think that's the gout gets in mostly in the bottom of your feet. Is that no, true? I think that's the real key. It can go everywhere, and so I think the the looking at your uric acid, I would uh, would recommend you go by your uh, your primary care uh, physician, have him uh, just uh, draw a uric acid level on you, and, and look at it from there. That uh, certainly can be. Uh, uh, a cause of the, the the gouty arthritis that you're getting. The other thing that you have to look at when you say it's right in the back of your heel is basically an Achilles tendonitis. Uh, if you're only swollen and you're not really having any red, uh, you know, the, most of those are in the, the big toe, as, as Rick, you were talking about. But this area that you're describing is right where the Achilles tendon comes into the to the heel bone. And right. uh, that, uh, uh, that area can get... Uh, uh, irritated and inflamed, and you'll get a, uh, a swelling around that area. Hurts to walk. Uh, uh, are you in boots a lot? No, sir. Just regular shoes. Yeah, because that's one of the you know one of the things. Just really, that's you. more of a problem with, with people you wearing. Can, boots. Well, it, no, a boot will actually help it because oh, right. you're you've got a bigger heel on it, and then you're you're kind of you know not really stretching things a little bit. So mm-hmm. that uh, do they have to be uh, cowboy boots? Do they have to be lizard or Alligator. I would I, I would prefer the the uh, the elephant skin. The elephant much skin. Better. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, they're they're going to be a lot better than the uh, the standard. Boot. Yeah. No, and then they, you won't uh, have I any money to buy Napperson. That's exactly right. But I think what well, you have to look at is make sure that boot, you count. Uh, I go barefooted most of the time. I'm seventy five and I can't walk too good anyway. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. Here's here's the deal. You have metabolic syndrome, and people with metabolic syndrome, which is high blood pressure. 
uh, cholesterol problems and sometimes diabetes, get gout. So to sort this out before you do anything else, you need to get a uric acid level because gout can involve every joint in your body, your kidneys and other part, body parts. So that is the honest, correct answer to your question. And then if it's simply a tendonitis there, Achilles tendonitis or uh, which, which it also sounds like, there are lots of things you can do for that. Absolutely. That are non-surgical, and you can still go barefooted. How's that? Well, let me say this. I've got an artificial implant in that right knee. Yeah. Would that have anything to do with it? Probably not. No. Probably not. Okay. All right, sir. Good Thank to talk to much. you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Uh, you're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Rick, here with Dr. Bob, and it's All Things Considered. And Dr. Bob is a back specialist. And I've been trying to get him up here now about 30 years, and I finally got him up here. So feel free to shoot stuff at him. Let's go to Kay in Macomb. Hey, Kay. Hello. What's happening? Well, I wanted to um, get your thoughts. on. I'm a 33-year surgical nurse. I'm on my feet a lot uh, in a real busy unit, and I love my work. But um, 25 years ago, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and I wanted to know your thoughts on the fibromyalgia versus arthritis and the entanglement of the two. It seems like the medicines that I have taken for arthritis don't help the fibro, and the fibro medications don't seem to help the arthritis. What kind of arthritis do you have? Um, not rheumatoid, just osteoarthritis. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And it's it, sometimes the pain is so debilitating and a lack of energy. And I love my work. I want to. I'm 55. I want to work another 10 years. Kay, you know? Kay, Lord knows we need you to keep working. We're desperate <laughs> I love for it. nurses, and they are actually in many clinics uh, the most positive factor present even with us there. So we, I, well, I know what you're you. saying. And uh, you. let's talk a little bit about fibromyalgia. First of all, we used to think anybody that hurt all over was crazy. Uh, when Bob and I were in medical school, when people hurt all over, you immediately tried to refer them to somebody else. And now we know that, that fibromyalgia is a real entity. There are areas of inflammation where uh, various parts of uh, connective tissue touch each other that get inflamed and you end up with these tender points all over your body and fairly reproductible areas. Most people have a sleep disorder with this. We don't. We know that it can be caused by sleep uh, deprivation. In fact, they deprived a bunch of Air Force troops of sleep and, and they all got these points. But uh, it's a you know, chicken and egg thing. So the first thing with fibromyalgia is we try to make sure there's not something else going on you do have something else going on, which is osteoarthritis, which is not the one that is usually associated with fibromyalgia. You can have fibromyalgia with or without uh, arthritis. We usually see it with rheumatoid arthritis and some of those. So the most important thing is, A, everybody gets a sleep evaluation. If it's just as simple as sitting down and talking about sleep, making sure that you're having restful sleep. Number two, we want to make sure you don't have an active rheumatic disease or something else causing it. You've had it so long, if it was anything bad, you'd already be dead. So uh, it's probably not that. And uh, the, the there are all kinds of drugs that are uh, some uh, SSRIs, uh, antidepressant drugs that are helpful, Elevil, Cymbalta, all those, they help about 10% of people. Uh, I try them, but the only thing I know that really helps is exactly the same thing I just told our Parkinson's patient. 
warm water therapeutic exercise uh, is the, has been clearly shown to be effective. Yeah, one of the other things I think we ought to talk about, too, you know, you start looking at, at, at stress. Stress is going to uh, absolutely uh, shoot this, uh, this problem through the, through, through the roof. So one of the other things, in addition to what you just said, is looking at some uh, activities that, uh, that are stress relievers. And certainly working in, a, in, a, in the OR and the, the nursing field, you know, there's stresses involved out the wazoo with that. So uh, consideration of some type of meditation, uh, yoga, uh, things of that nature would uh, would potentially be beneficial for you too. Right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I've got a good handout call. on that, uh, uh, Miss Kay. If you want to, uh, uh, and and if you want me to send it to, just send an email to Southern Remedy MPB online. I'll send it to you. But let me just tell you that warm water pool exercise program. Yeah. And I'm not talking about swimming. I'm not talking about right. swimming. Swimming's great, but most yeah. people don't want to get their hair wet. So uh, they know how to do this, and it would be a big help, and it should be covered by your insurance if the doctor writes a prescription to the physical therapist that has it would be uh, it would be evaluation for and treatment with warm water poo based exercise program, and it's usually covered by insurance. Okay. Well, those are easy things to do. Thank you so much, and I think it has been exacerbated with menopause. It seems like that has kind of made it more apparent but thank you so much for taking my call well and thank you for calling and god bless you thank you for your work thank you bye-bye let's go to kevin and olive branch hey kevin you got the back guy here so i'll shut up and let you tell your story good morning how you doing great we appreciate your call yes i had back surgery a little over five years ago i had a bulging disc and um from time to time now i get a uh uh aching going down my left leg all the way to my knee. And sometimes in the night when I wake up, uh, my lower back still bothers me quite a bit. And what are you doing for that? Uh, exercise and ride my bike and um, just trying to stay healthy, eat healthy. And what, kind stay, of, uh, what kind of exercise? Get my weight down. And, what kind of exercise? Well, I, I ride my bike for the most part. I do a lot of walking, mm-hmm. but I think my profession, I'm a truck driver, is probably not helping me much. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, what uh, you remember what level that you had your disc surgery done? I think it was level five. L5 and S1, that's a fairly typical. You look at, uh, uh, as we age, uh, the most common uh, areas are going to be the L4, 5, and L5, S1 level. And what you're describing is very consistent. You know, having had surgery five years ago, what what you do is you're uh, you you squirted out part of that disc. You have the disc taken out. You never get all the disc, but you actually have collapse of that disc. And if you think of it as being a tripod, you've got two joints in the back, and then you've got that disc space up front. Well, if you narrow that disc space, that's going to put more pressure on those joints in the back. And so what happens is we said it, you know earlier the body will respond to that and it'll put down. Uh, extra bone to try to relieve some of those stresses and uh, so that standing up and you know positioning yourself in one spot will give you a little bit more of that facet arthritis pain and that's why you'll get the pain it goes down into the buttock and then stops about the knee that is very consistent with uh with kind of a what we call facet arthropathy is that sciatica that's not really sciatica sciatica is actually where you have an impingement of the nerve root and uh, the 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 uh, pain itself follows the the nerve root dermatome uh, pattern, and you know consideration of weakness and uh, and sensory deficits with that uh, that nerve. Now a lot of people will call what uh, 
you know, he's describing as uh, as as you know sciatica, or the, and that's not really sciatica. I mean, it's basically it's referred back pain from the facet joint. It's, uh, mm-hmm. and that's why if it stops at the knee, it's really not a big deal. You you start looking at it as more of the 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 osteoarthritic phase of the the of the disc degeneration. And what you're doing for it, the the cycling and the walking. Absolutely great. And I noticed you mentioned, uh, you know, eating right and watching your weight. Those are all things that you want to uh, consider. And uh, the one thing that you didn't mention that I'm, I, I'm assuming you don't do is you're not a smoker because that's one of the problems that we get into people that, nope. uh, that use tobacco products, uh, whether it be uh, – smoking whether it be the it's the nicotine effect of this thing we do know across all of our studies that people that smoke have more problems with their back than the non-smokers do okay non-smoker non-stack okay so what should he do does he need he's to go doing to the right thing no he's doing uh you know with his cycling and the walking uh and uh, it, what it does it sounds like that that kind of goes away if he uh, uh if it's an off and on type thing and that's exactly what i would expect uh you know that's the natural history of this particular process as long as you're not having any nerve uh nerve root tension signs or any deficit the likelihood of you having to do anything else down the road is really going to be pretty slim is that what you needed that's what I needed. I just want to know if you had anything suggested me doing anything different. But I do appreciate it, and I'm listening to the show all the time. Well, thank you very much. Drive safely. We're going to come back right after a brief respite and uh, and take your call. We're at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and we're going to be going to Oxford next and to your house, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. MPB comes from the Pediatric and Congenital Heart Center of Alabama at Children's of Alabama, a cardiovascular care center for children in Birmingham, Alabama. More at childrensal.org slash heart. Thomas and friends are pulling into the station. Don't miss the opportunity to meet everyone's favorite number one blue engine and enjoy a special show and meet and greet event. Join Thomas as he arrives at the station for a fun-filled adventure and experience timeless life lessons, including discovery, friendship, and cooperation this October 29th at the Mississippi Agriculture and Forestry Museum from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Register now for this free event at mpbonline.org. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Our producer who makes this thing all work is Jay White, and he produces uh, all these programs on radio, and we appreciate him and his uh, patience with people like me. Um, We're taking all questions today on anything you want to talk about, but we're using the opportunity to have a back specialist uh, help with back questions, and so you're getting some amazing answers here. So please give us a call, and we're going to keep running through as many of these as we possibly can. 
and we need to go on the road. Then we'll go to Oxford and Clarksdale and your house. Uh, let's go to Bob. Hey, Bob. Bob, you with us? Uh, yeah, this is Bob. It's your turn. Where are you? This is Bob. I'm driving through Memphis right now and listening to your program. Great. Are you from Alabama? Yes. Well, both of us grew up in Alabama, so we, we heard the Bama piece, and <laughs> and that's why we wanted to know more about you, because we're probably cousins. And So well, where in, in Alabama are you from? Uh, Baldwin County. A I great place. Spring. The entire Baldwin County Fairhope area listens to this program, and we love them. We all send them checks at the end of every year for their uh, high ratings that they give us. So what's your question? Well, uh, I just wanted to introduce something. I'm beginning to have a little back trouble with L4 and L5 uh, disc degeneration. I'm 72. And a friend of mine, uh, we were talking the other night, and he sent me an article. And I don't, I, I'm sorry, I'm driving. I don't remember the doctor's name or anything. No problem. Uh, is doing this, but apparently he's got some way of injecting uh, two compounds or, or uh, they may be uh, hormones, I don't really know, mm-hmm. into the disc, and it promotes healing in the disc. And his he's reporting a success rate of eighty seven percent. Okay, so you want so to know more know about stuff like that? Heard of it, but, oh yeah, but we've heard of it. We would discuss that a little bit. Uh, I'd appreciate it. All right, we'll get off and listen to and me. drive carefully and uh, roll tight. And we appreciate your call. Roll tight. I thought that was War Eagle. Oh, you know, we got in that situation. Well, we right? got a real problem here between the two of us. Uh, but we're not going to fight. <laughs> let's on talk. The air. Let's talk about this injecting let's stuff talk into about the disc stuff. here. So, uh, listen, uh, listen. Uh, here's the story. Uh, I'm a big favor of the big Greek wedding movies, and I use a lot of Windex. Uh, you can inject Windex. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you can eject anything, you're going to get a 20% improvement. Absolutely. But let me set this up. All right. So there are uh, there are doctors up in Memphis that are injecting uh, all kinds of stuff. They're injecting serum extracts that they make. They're injecting uh, growth hormone. They're injecting uh, stem cell stuff. And, uh, and my patients all ask me what to do about all this stuff. And I say, well, uh, will you tell me which one you're going to have injected? And I sit down on the computer and look for the studies on that, and I can't find them. Well, that's why you you know the the process, and that's what I think Bob was talking about is that uh, you you're you're looking at some of these these studies that are there, and there are studies being done. And and you're right, people are injecting all sorts of materials, uh, uh, you know, trying to get. the uh, the the disc to, to heal itself uh, to regenerate itself. Oh, it makes perfectly good. Oh, sense. it makes perfect sense. And I mean, it's a thing. You know, it's 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 Ponce de Leon's fountain of youth. If we, uh, you know, I'm still mad at that guy because he never found it. But the, uh, uh, you know, I think in in this situation, you have to look at it purely from a science standpoint. And you're right. You mentioned the. A certain number of people are going to get better if you just in, stick them with a needle. I mean, that's a placebo effect, and you're looking at somewhere between 20 and 30% a lot of the times just with that. So when he's talking about an 80% 
success rate, I think you really have to look at an absolutely controlled study that's randomized, prospective. And the problems that we have with some of our uh, setting up our, our spine studies is that, you know, when you start either cutting people with a knife or poking them with a needle or something like that, unlike uh, the the ability of a, from a medical standpoint to be able to give different types of pills, blinded uh, medication, it's, it's very difficult yeah. to do those kind of studies. So mm-hmm. uh, you have to set the study up just right. And you're, you're exactly right. There's, uh, there's a lot of things that are being done out there. Uh, but uh, well, let's talk you know. about a couple of them that I know you're quite familiar with. Uh, the fad several years ago was uh, to s- squirt cement when you had an unstable disc or a rupture or whatever. Uh, I know that's still going on. This place advertises in the newspaper, Wall Street, uh, in uh, New York Times all the time, non-invasive back surgery, laser and all this kind of stuff. What what things uh, other than the traditional back surgery where you go in and I guess you're not even fusing stuff like you used to, right? I mean, no, I mean, I think that's – and that's the, the, the thing that we really learn. You follow patients uh, for long term and find out how they do. And I think, you know, you're talking about injecting the cement – you know, that's basically a vertebroplasty or a kyphoplasty. And as, uh, you know, as we get older, our, you know, you guys are getting better at keeping us alive now from a medical standpoint. And so that puts more stress on us is, uh, you know, to try to fix you back after you get the Weasley or osteoporotic fracture that's there. And so that's where the, the, uh, the cement stabilization comes into play on this thing. So if you've got somebody that has a, an insufficiency fracture from that, uh, the success with uh, with uh, the the cement within the vertebral body is actually pretty good. So that's not a that's not a disc issue. No, that's, that's a fractured a, no, that vertebra. The, that's a fractured vertebra. Mm-hmm. But the 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 PRP, a lot of these, uh, which is a plasma rich, uh, you know, platelets. There, if you look at this, what it spins down, and those are a lot of materials like the human growth, uh, you know, the the hormones and things. They they actually get. Uh, concentrated within that platelets and so that's one of the things that uh that you're seeing and it's it's kind of interesting when you start looking at some of the 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 uh, sporting agencies now are starting to look at prp as potentially doping uh because you do get a uh, uh, a steroid effect uh, almost like an anaerobic you know kind of an anabolic component so there are some mm-hmm. things that can be improved but again uh, the anecdotal data that you get, you'll see a couple of the uh, NFL football players that had, yeah, I had my knee injected with this stuff, and I was able to play in the Super Bowl two weeks after that. And, you know, you're always going to have those kind of uh, So that's kind not, of things. that's so that plasma, platelet-rich plasma thing has not been shown in control studies to be effective? And, and in, a, in a large number of series, no. Mm-hmm. And, and what about what about the cement there? From your personal experience, I don't think that's been controlled either because you just so hard to control it. But from your experience, is that is that any good? Yeah, I think that you know, from the standpoint of uh, of, of patients with an insufficiency fracture, if you choose the person correctly, and what um, is that stuff? Is it Gorilla Glue or no? What? It's actually it's uh, it's methylmethacrylate. It's a uh, it's it's a modified kind of a hard plastic mm-hmm. that you look at it, and uh, it's a. You know, kind of a kind of a cool thing. Good. We've been using that for years, putting total joints in. So, you know, it uh, it, it can help. It, yeah, it's like cement. You put you know put a cement block in your in your uh, in your vertebral body. Now, the first thing you do when you have back pain is nothing. Is that right? Well, yeah. Unless you, there's some alarm signs. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, certainly from an alarm standpoint. I mean, if you got somebody that has all of a sudden, hey, I, I was doing this. I got a terrible back pain now. I can't. You know, I've lost control of my bladder, or my bowel. 
And that's a real problem in that situation. You don't need to, to, to mess around with that. Or if you've got somebody say, I hurt my back, and now all of a sudden I've got a foot drop. I can't walk. My foot's flopping around. That is, those are kind of things that you really want to look that at. That means those your are, nerves are messed that up. That means your nerves are yeah, in, a, in a problem. problem. So you need, to, you need to consider seeing somebody fairly quickly. Okay, let's go to Oxford. Hey, Amy, you're up. What's going on with your hubby? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so it might be kind of a simple, you know, answer or whatever, but my husband and I have been going round and round about this. He's been having a lot of back pain, um, and I think it has to do with the um, the fact, well, he sits all, all day for the most part, and his office chair and our couch are over 10 years old. Like the couch, when you get into it, you know, everybody rolls together into the center. <laughs> My wife tried that on me, too. It it didn't work for me, either. You the, mean you, the old you couch, we need a new here, couch. Yeah, thing. yeah, that thing is now. That, that, all the way back, and it, it's <laughs> offering no support. And I'm like, you need to get an ergonomic chair, at least for work. And he's like, nah, that's not what's causing the problem. <laughs> okay, those are good points, and there are, that is, I'm just joking with you there. <laughs> And it's right. It's very clear. If you sit down on a sofa and you go down the hole, oh. it's probably not good for your back. Yeah, and I mean, I think she's got a point. I mean, when you start looking at uh, at posture, and I think that's really you know what you're talking about. It sounds like he sits all the time, and if he's got a bad chair where he's uh, his posture's all out of whack. So what is your posture supposed to be? What you want really want to do is you're kind of in a. If you think of yourself as standing erect, okay, you stand straight up, okay. Mm-hmm. If you're standing straight. Then your head kind of ought to be balanced over your uh, your pelvis, and then uh, you know which your pelvis is over your feet. And if you're really kind of in, in the same type thing with sitting, we have become a uh, society of flexors. I mean, if you look at what we do, we kind of bend our neck forward, we sit on the computer, we have our tendency to uh, to, to to bow ourselves up, and we, you know, and we lose a lot of the ability. Or we weaken our extensor muscles. So now all of a sudden you're just kind of sitting in a little wad, which is exactly what you said when you sit in that that hole in the sofa. So the ideal situation is to be able to kind of get your shoulders back, you know, and uh, and sit in a, a more of an upright posture so that your knees are and hips are at 90 degrees. Uh, and that's where those ergometric chairs come into play is that positions you in a uh, – uh, in an appropriate now you posture. can get those ergometric chairs, which are usually net net. They look net. They can looking. be. They can be. There's the nets are kind of cool because you can adjust them with things. Mm. You can get solid bases also. You can right? get them for a uh, hundred and twenty nine dollars, or you can get them for three thousand. That's exactly right. So which right. one's better? Uh, when you look at it, you go and sit in one and see how you feel on that thing. That's kind of like the same thing with mattresses. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, a lot of these mattress companies would like for you to think that they're the, the great and, uh, you know, savior of back pain. But uh, there's not really, again, as we're talking scientific studies, there's not really one mattress that's better than another. You go check a few of them and feel and see how you do. So you would support him getting uh, an office chair that is a better quality chair that's more ergonomic and sitting appropriately. What about standing up? The big fad that i see is people are getting these standing desks do you have one of those i don't have one of those because i gotta get up and move around uh, all anyway. the way anyway so yeah. i think that's going to be the real key is that you know you do need to change your positions a little bit uh you know gotcha. the, you can get kind of uh, stuck in one spot but uh you know i think uh the other thing when he gets out out of his desk what kind of exercise is he doing 
Not very much. That's a real key. So, you know, you want to get into a good program with that because you're going to keep your core strong. You want to kind of keep your aerobic conditioning up. And so, you know, it falls back to that same old category that we've always, when we were 18 years old, you know, if you don't uh, use it, you're going to lose it. And, I mean, that is exactly right. So you want to stay after that. So, Amy, you need to tell your hubby that uh, Dr. McGuire, the back surgeon down at UMC, thinks that you need a brand-new sofa and chair that match and, that and leather. They need to be leather. Made out probably of leather. needs to be yeah. leather. And uh, that you may need a new mattress. Better check that out. And of course, you need a new bed to go with it. And of course, the rest of the bedroom furniture. I think you have an opportunity to really make some hay here. So go for it. Well, I thank you so much. Well, okay. you really put me in a spot there, hadn't you? Yeah, right. Let's go to That's Clark. my Alabama buddy. Let's go to Clarksdale and David. Hey, David. <laughs> David, you're, it's your turn. What's going on? David, are you still there? We're, we're coming your way, David. Hang in. Here you are. Hey, David. Hey, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. All right. Good morning. Love y'all's programs. Thank Great you. Programs. Thank you for your call. What's going on? Talking about my wife, who's 41 years old, and she has a um, herniated bulging disc on the very uh, lower part of her spine. I can't remember exactly. That'll be L5 and S1. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it's pressing against her nerve, which is causing uh, horrible pain down the left side of her leg, basically from the waist all the way down to her that will be the uh, outside of the foot uh, because yeah, that's going to be an S1 radiculopathy that you're describing from the, the yeah, bottom segment. That sounds right. We've uh, we've met with two uh, neurosurgeons about it, and they both agree that the reason this is happening is there's a deformity in that vertebra from birth probably where it didn't form all the way, so it's not properly connected to the next one, and that's why this you know shifting is caused this disc to uh, bulge and pressing on the spine. Uh, did they, did they, let me, let me interrupt you here before you talk about this deformity. Did they, did they mention a word named, uh, called spondylolisthesis? Uh, that could be it. Yeah. You know, the medical terms, you know, they're so complicated, they get lost. <laughs> I understand. But, um, you know, two, two surgeons have talked to us and one is, you know, need to go in and, and, and fuse them and, you know, fix the overall problem, you know, remove the disc, and that would be most likely a permanent lifetime fix, uh, but it's pretty invasive major surgery. Uh, the other one agreed that that is uh, an option, but, you know, he was also pushing just for a, a plain uh, discectomy, I guess, of uh, going in and, and removing the disc and getting it off of the spine. And that will solve her leg pain because she doesn't have back pain. She doesn't have any back okay. pain. Okay, I think here. we got. I think we got it. So I, I guess you want a little bit of input on what to do next. And you've already gotten your second opinion, and they they're not. Does he go for a third one or what? Well, I doing? think what you have to look at is uh, you know what what the the true diagnosis. If you got a disc herniation, uh, then certainly taking the disc out is one thing uh, with predominantly leg pain. What I'm concerned about when you tell me you got a deformity, you got a spondylolisthesis, you got a 41-year-old who has potential for developing great instability. So in that situation, you would probably want to fuse in addition to decompressing okay. the nerve root. So, so you, you got to pay. You got to take care of the patient. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's been great to have a, a real back surgeon here. My back hurts talking to him. 
Uh, You've been Auburn. sitting in that it's chair wrong all Auburn day today. Thing. Yeah, I know. I'll sit up. Uh, we'll be back same place, same time next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Next, it's NPR's Here and Now, right here on MPB Think Radio. It's been a pleasure. This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's